Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. Praise the Lord, church. I love that song they just sang. Aren't you glad you know the name that can make mountains shake, that can make demons flee just at the mention of the name? Aren't you glad you know that name? I do want to give honor to Pastor tonight for allowing me to to, to stand behind this great pulpit. Uh, I don't I do not take it lightly, and, and he's a he's a voice into my life, and I, I really appreciate that, Pastor. I thank you for watching over me and my family, and I, I thank you for the great job that you do with this church. To be honest with you, uh, it's 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 refreshing to have a pastor that cares and and to know that you're cared for. So. But I also want to give honor to my beautiful wife. As y'all know, if, if, you, if any man of God or any, any man pretty much cannot do life without their wife. I mean, that's just the way it is. She stands behind me no matter what I do or what I go through. She stands behind me and she's always there to tell me, hey, you got this. You got this. You can do it. So I just, I thank God for her every day. And my, and my family that's here, my mother and my father, they, they gave me a, a, a great childhood. They, they've stood behind me anytime I need anything. I know I, they're just a phone call away or, or in my case, just a few, a few steps away. So, but, uh, but I do thank them for being here tonight. And I thank all y'all for being here. Thank y'all, church, for standing behind me as well. <clears throat> Let's get into the Word of God. I want to go to Deuteronomy chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26. All right. Deuteronomy 1, starting in verse 26. Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord of your God. And you murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt and to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites. To destroy us. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we, and the cities are greater and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakims there. Lord, just let's, let's go to the word of prayer just a minute, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your mighty word, Lord. I thank you for your anointing tonight, Lord. I just ask that you touch this church, Lord. I, I bind any hindrance that would come against the hearing of your word tonight, Lord. I just ask, God, that you let their hearts be receptive tonight, not to hear from me, but to hear from you, God. In Jesus' name, Lord, just help me to do a good job and help me to do your will. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You can be, you can be seated. The scripture we just read, to give you the backstory, it, it, it's the children of Israel. When they've got to the edge of the promised land. God, God, is, God has took them from where they were. And, and we know the story how they were in Egypt. And they were in 400 years of bondage. Yes, they were in 400 years of slavery. And God comes down in an instance. And, and to the point where he uses Moses. And he says, he tells Pharaoh, let my people go. Uh -huh. 
and we know we know the circumstances surrounding this story because if you've been in in any church in any amount of time, you've heard this story how God leads them out of Egypt and they get to the to the sea and, and Pharaoh's coming behind them because he's decided that he's not going to let them go. He's decided that he's going to go back and enslave them again because it's just been the bondage of 400 years. He's been reigning and ruling over them, so he still wants that power. So he's going after them to, to, to retake them and regain them, and they're sitting there, and, and they don't understand what's going on. Why did God bring us out of Egypt just to have us killed again? And, and in our own lives, just like... Sister Wilbank said this morning, we're all going through things and we're all having our own battles. But how many times in our own battles, God, why did you bring me this far just to leave me here? How many times? I mean, I'm just going to be honest and be transparent. I've done it more than once. Yes, Several times I've been at the point where, God, why did you bring me this far and make these moves and get me to this place all right, all right. just for me to die here? Yes, sir. Get ready. So I, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes as my title's up there. Miracles of yesterday. Miracles of yesterday. So, so back to where we were when we read our text here. They're standing at the promised land, and they've sent out 12 spies. Number one, that was their first mistake. That was their first mistake. You're always sitting at the edge of your miracle going, can I get it? Are we sure that I can get it? I mean, I know God said it, but are we sure? I mean... That's just an awful big mountain to climb there. And they were sitting there, so they sent the 12 spies out after God done promised them this. He done done everything he done, and he promised them this land. He said it's full of milk and honey, and it's everything you need is right there to have the best life you could have. So they're there, and they sent out the 12 spies, and they come back. And when they come back, they start telling them, all, they, bring, they bring this fruit back. Number one, they bring this fruit back out, and it's just the best fruit they've ever had. It's just the best thing they've ever seen, and, and they're just enjoying it and everything else. And then all of a sudden, they start hearing the murmur. They start hearing the rumors. Yeah, this is awesome. The land looks awesome, but we ain't no way we can defeat this. They've got giants in the land. They've got walls built that we'll, we couldn't even climb over, much less defeat them. That's what they're saying. That's what's going on, and. and they don't have any idea what they're doing at this point. Right. You, you know, pastor talks about things like, like saying backbiting God and, and doing all this kind of stuff and going against what he says. And even in our scripture text right there says, you mean to tell me that you're going to defy a command of your God and go against what he said? And the people had got to this point where they said, God just hates us. He's brought us this far, and through all this adversity, he's got to hate us. Yep. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. How many of us have actually thought that? Has God, God hates me. At this point, I'm in this, I'm in deep, I'm, I'm so far in deep valley that I just don't understand what's going on. God has to hate me. There's no way this much stuff can go wrong in my life without God hating me. I, I, that, that's, where the, that's where they were at. They're, they're saying, I'm tired of fighting. That's what they were saying. But what I want you to understand, they were tired of fighting, but they were 10 steps away from their miracle. They were 10 steps away from their promised land, and they were tired of fighting. How close are you to your miracle? How close are you to the thing that's going to change your life forever, and you stop fighting? 
Yeah, you may come to church and you may sit on the pew and everything else, but I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to lift my hands every now and everything, every, every now and then. And I'm, I'm going to hallelujah, praise the Lord. But what God's saying, if you just get up and walk him ten steps down here and leave whatever problem you got right here, just like Pastor said this morning, and let it go. I'll have you a promise, man, that you'll never want for anything again. But I'm going to tell you, there's always one, and thank God for one. Caleb stands up. Caleb stands up and says, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to go on in Deuteronomy. and I want to read Deuteronomy, the next couple of verses there, going 29 through 33. Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you. According to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness, there, there where thou hast seen how the Lord thy God bare thee. As a man doth beareth his son in all the ways that ye he, he went until... You came into this place. Right. What he's saying right there, he's saying, I'm a father. Right. And if my son falls down and is hurt, I'm going to do everything I can to pick him up yes, and carry him to get help, yes, to do whatever I can for him. My daughter the same way. I'm a father, so I'm going to do whatever I can to pick my kids up and carry them to safety, to healing, right. to whatever I've got to do. It's, and what he's saying at this point, you've seen him do this for you. And he said, he went before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents in fire by night and showed you the way to go by cloud in the day. Right. He's telling them, he said, my, what is wrong with y'all people? Come on. He split the Red Sea and you walked across on dry ground. He waited till your enemies got in the middle of it and he closed it on them. Yeah. He said, I've already stopped every enemy that's come against you every time you've got in the middle of a battle. I've stopped them. You might have been in bondage for 400 years. He said, but I stopped that enemy out. And Caleb's sitting there. He, he can't understand. He's like, what's wrong with y'all people? He's almost at the point where I'll go fight them by myself. God's on my side. That's the problem. We need more Caleb's. We need more Caleb's. You can't be the one that sets back like Israel is. Just like my next story I want to go to is David and Goliath. We all know that story. But when the giant come against the army of Israel, what happened? They were hiding in the hillside and in the caves. And they were hiding because nobody wanted to go out and fight them. Nobody wanted to go out and fight him until Jesse sent David up to check on his brothers. He sent the little 13, 14-year-old boy to check on his brothers and say, Here, take them some food. Take them some food and some provisions and see how they're doing. And come tell me how they're doing because I'm worried about my sons. Just like any good father would be, right? He's worried about his sons. So he goes, David goes, and, he, and we all know the story of what happens But the the thing I want, really want to be like is when David goes and he, he, he gets enraged. How many of you have ever just seen somebody picking on somebody and just get mad? Just, just seen somebody getting picked on 
and just get to the point where you just, I'm tired of this. I'm fixing to do something about it. Well, David stands there for a little while, and I can just see this in my mind. I've read that story so many times, just like all of y'all have. But I, but I can just see this in my mind. David's standing there on the hillside, and he's looking around going, What are y'all doing? Y'all are the armies of God. He's going to defy the army of God, and y'all are going to stand here and let him do it? I mean, what are y'all doing? I'll go fight him. I'm 14 years old. I don't care. I'll go fight him. It doesn't matter. And people say, well, he ain't got good sense. That's what Saul said. Saul said, you ain't got good sense. He said, I don't need sense. I got God on my side. He said, I don't worry about it because he said, I've done been in the situation before. Just like Israel had been in the situation before when, when Pharaoh was behind them and coming after them. They've been in that situation before. He said, I've been in the situation before. He said, but I'm going to tell you what I did. He said, I didn't back up and say, oh, no, I'm not going to get my miracle. When, when the lion and the bear come to take one of my sheep, oh, no, we didn't back up. He said, no, sir, we went after him, and I smoked the lion and the bear, but I didn't do it by myself. I done it with the glory of the Lord behind me is what I done. He said, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be nothing but the same thing. He said, he'll be nothing but the same thing. Oh, I just want to say this right now. I wish somebody would stand up and look the devil in the face and say, my God's brought me this far, he won't forsake me now. He won't forsake you now, I promise you. David said, David said, I don't understand what's going on. All I need to go is do is go down to the brook for a few minutes, spend a little time with God, pick me up about five stones. He said, we'll end this today. We'll be through. That's all God's saying is you need to spend a little time around this altar. You need to come down here, take you out of that, get out of that pew, come down spend about ten minutes around this altar. You think ten minutes is a long time. It won't be long when you stand up and you ain't got to fight that battle no more. You ain't got to look that giant in the face because he's laying here at the altar. I'm telling you right now, we've been through too much. Just like, just like Sister Wilbank said this morning, she hit it on it. We're all going through things, and we've all been through so much. But what we fail to realize is our miracles of yesterday are not gone. The same God that done every miracle that's got you to this point. In Hebrews chapter 13, he said, I'm the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So that means the same miracle that he performed on, for me 10 years ago is the same God and the same power that will do it today. There's no way that God said, I'm going to leave you now when you've got to this point. I want to talk about, and I'm not going to be real long because I feel like God wants to say what he's got to say and I'm going to get out of the way. But I want to talk about Paul for a few minutes. Paul, which is one of the greatest men in the Bible, but we all know how he started out, right? He was Saul before he was ever Paul, right? And as Saul, he was an evil man. He done some evil things. But I want us to take an inward look at ourselves and who hasn't done some bad things? Who hasn't sinned and fell short of the glory of God? Because I know I have. 
I know I've done things that I'm not proud of and I'm ashamed of, and we've all done those things. And we look at Paul, and we look at Saul, and he may have done more than some of us, but in God's eyes, like it was said this morning, sin is sin. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. So we know the story of, of Paul. He was on the roads of Damascus when he was still Saul before his conversion. And he was going there to persecute Christians. He was going there to put more of them in jail. He was going to, to maybe even kill some of them. Whatever he was going to do, he was on his way to do his job. And his job was to persecute Christians because he hated everything they stood for. Oh, but what an encounter with God can do. What an encounter with God can do. Because I want you to think about this and something that just hit me. And I don't have it in my notes and I haven't even thought about it. But what if it was that the people of Damascus were praying? What if they had heard that Saul was coming? What if they were praying and they were saying, this is going to be the battle of our lifetime because this man is coming here to persecute us. And God said, oh no. Oh no, he's not. Because I'm going to fight your battle before he ever gets there. Before he ever steps foot in Damascus. He will not be that person. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what's coming or what's going, I'm going to be right here by your side. I'm going to be right here by your side is what he said. And when you're too weak to walk, I'll pick you up and carry you. So I'll get back to my story. Paul's on the road to Damascus, and we all know the story. He, he sees the blinding light. He, he gets, God comes and speaks to him with an audible voice and tells him all this stuff. And I want to pick it up in Acts chapter 9, verse 17, going 17 through 20. We're going to read this story. This is after he's been, he's been blinded by God, and he's went on to Damascus. They've carried him on to Damascus and put him in a house there. And it says, And Ananias went his way. And entered into the house, and putting his hands, <clears throat> his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way that thou camest, has sent me, that thou might, mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as if it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that the Son, that he is the Son of God. That's a short scripture there, but I want you to understand how powerful that is. I want you to understand that the man that was coming to persecute you, the man that is coming that you may not even know about to persecute you, the next thing you know, he's standing preaching in the synagogue about the Son of God. The man that was coming to kill you because God's on your side now is standing in front of you preaching about God. Do you understand how big a miracle that is? You know, pastor, pastor talks about not missing church and, and, and staying in your prayer life and everything else because you don't know when a man's coming down the road to persecute you. Because, but I just want to, it never says this in the Bible, but I just want to know that, I just want to think that there were some people at Damascus that were in a prayer room somewhere. They were shut up in a prayer closet and they were praying, God, keep my family safe. 
God don't let nothing evil come against them. God don't let nobody in this world hurt my babies. Don't let them hurt my wife, hurt my husband. Don't let them come against me. And God said, I hear you. There's a man coming, buddy. When he gets there, he's going to be singing a different tune. So there may be a man coming, and maybe even you've heard of the problem coming down the road. But if you just keep praying, and you just keep getting to this altar, and you'll keep leaving it at God, maybe when it gets there, it's a whole different situation. It's a whole different thing. It's whatever. What, <laughs> love that old song. What the devil meant for evil, God turned it for good. He turned it for good. And to talk about all the bad things of Saul. But oh, the conversion when he turned into Paul. How many good things did he do? How many books of the Bible did he write? How many things did he go on in his life that we read about in the Bible and the stories we, we, we share and we go through? How many times did he help us? How many times did he help us get through those things? Just because of that one encounter with God. The one encounter that changed everything in his life. And my point tonight, the reason my titles is Miracles of Yesterday is because Israel couldn't understand the miracles they just received. They couldn't understand the Red Sea splitting and God defeating their enemy and then leading them everywhere they needed to go, providing food when there was none and, then, and, and providing whatever they needed. And even when it got time to go to the promised land, he spoke to them and said, get up where you're at. Get up. Come on, it's time to go. We're going to the promised land, what I promised you. It's time, and you know, I just feel like somebody here tonight needs to hear, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to look at the devil and say, oh no devil, God's promised me something over here. So I'm not walking that way. I'm going the way God said. And when I get there, it may be a battle for me to get over the edge and to get through that wall, but I'm going to fight it with whatever i got to do because God said... That he done promised me this, and God's not a man that he should lie. <clears throat> I mean, just think of how much different their lives would have been if they'd have took that ten steps and walked into the promised land and, and said, I'm here, and this is my land, because God promised it to me. Just think of how much different your life would be instead of spending the 40 years in the wilderness wandering around until you die because you defied God. Because God said, I've got you something right here. And if you'll take that 10 extra step and put a little courage on it and say, whatever you got for me, God, I want it right now, no matter what battle it takes to get it. Because there's no sense in setting down when God's got a miracle for you right in front of you. That's our problem. There's too many times, I'm including myself in this right now, because there's too many times we sit down when the battle gets too hard. There's too many times when we sit down because the devil's beating on us and telling us, oh, you're not worthy of that. You ain't got no right to be doing that. You ain't got no right to be up here talking to these people. You're just a sinner. You ain't got no right to do that. I'm talking about the way the devil talks to me. You ain't got no right to be up there. Look at this, and look at this that you've done. Why would God use you? Why would he use you? Because that's who my God is. My God has mercy, and my God has grace, and my God has love. That's who he is. 
And I don't care, just like was said this morning, I don't care, Brother David said it in Sunday school, I don't care when he comes out there to get you. It doesn't matter how dirty you are, how filthy you are, how much weighed down you are with sin. Just like, just like Brother David said, he's going to gather up that sheep. He's going to throw him on his shoulder. And he's going to take him back to the fold. And he's going to wash him up and clean him up. And he's going to say, there you go, honey. You're back with me now. And just like he said, the prodigal son, he's going, to throw a, he's going to throw a party for you when you get back and put a robe on you and put the ring on your finger. Because just because you went out in the world and whatever happened or you done whatever, God said, I didn't care. He said, I didn't want you out there. But when you come back to me and showed you love me and you worshiped me. And, I, and he said, I'm going to restore everything that you ever had. I'm going to restore it. So I don't know who that was for tonight. And it's not in my notes. But God said he's ready to restore you to wherever you want to be. He's ready to restore you. <laughs> but like David, in his story, where he said he remembered what God had done for him with the bear and the lion. He remembered that. You know, the only way Paul could have went on and done all the great things he'd done and wrote the books of the Bible and done the things that he'd done in his lifetime, he never forgot that first miracle. He never let that miracle, that first miracle when he was blinded and God came through and touched him and everything he'd done for him, he never let that be his miracle of yesterday. Every day that he went out there and fought the battle, he said, oh, there ain't nothing that can come against me. He said, because I already know the power of my God. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it. I know what kind of power he's got. I just, this morning, this, this was dropped into my spirit. I was telling my wife on the way home from church, but this morning as you was preaching, I don't even know where it come from. Well, I know where it come from. It come from God. But I was just sitting there thinking, and all of a sudden I could just see Paul sitting there beside Silas in the prison that night. If you read the Bible, it says it was the midnight hour. And it was dark. It, it was dark and it was lonely. And I can just see, I can just think about Paul sitting there nudging Silas. He said, hey, I've been in this situation before. I've been in the blind and in the darkness. He said, but I remember the miracle that brought me out of it. He said, I remember the miracle that I got that day. He said, I'll never forget it. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to praise God to get out of this one too because he's the same God that brought me out then. He'll be the same God that brings me out now. He said, that's who my God is. He said, I will not let my miracle be the miracle of yesterday. So... I just want to know, what are you going through that your God's not big enough for? What are you going through? What situation are you in that your God's not big enough for? Because I know the situations I've been in in my life where I was fearful for so many things. When my son was five weeks old, we were at the hospital and we didn't know what was going on. I may have told this story before, but we were at the point of not knowing what we were going to do. He lost a pound and a half in a day. I mean, he's a five-week-old baby. He didn't weigh but seven pounds when he was born anyway. So we didn't know what we were going to do. We, the doctors wasn't giving no medicine. There wasn't no answers. They couldn't find nothing wrong with him. <laughs> and to be honest with you, we wasn't even in church at the time. 
Oh, but I got a God. I got a God. All of a sudden, their phone started ringing. I'm praying for your boy. All of a sudden, we started getting texts. I'm praying for your boy. We're praying for him. I know God can do something. All of a sudden, more texts. More texts. I don't know how many texts there were throughout that day until we started getting texts from other countries. There, we're, we're on a missionary trip overseas, but we're praying for your boy. We're all getting together tonight, and we're going to pray for him. <laughs> I can tell you this. The next morning, we went home with nothing wrong with him and hadn't had a problem since. Because I know who my God is. My God said, I'll bring you out of anything. I'll fix anything you need fixed. And we don't have to worry about it no more. That's God healing somebody. <laughs> One day, maybe you're in a financial crisis. Maybe you're in a financial thing. I'm just telling you stories from my life. Me and my wife were sitting at home. We were young, trying to figure out how we were going to pay bills that month. Because, you know, she was in nursing school. I was the only one working. But we loved each other, and we had to get married, so we got married. We didn't have to get married, but we wanted to get married. We weren't pregnant or nothing like that. I'm not saying that. I was saying, just, just saw the record straight. And she's blushing. Takes a lot, but she is. But we were married, and we were, we, we were happy. But we were broke. Didn't have no money. Didn't know how we was going to pay the bills that, that month. And uh, she had actually just been in a wreck. It wasn't her fault. Somebody had rear-ended her or whatever. And uh, we were sitting there, and we were actually sitting on the couch She's got a calendar. She keeps all her bills in, and she's going through the calendar trying to figure out. And I just looked at her. I said, baby, I don't know how we're doing it. I don't know. All of a sudden, my phone rings, which ain't unusual. But my phone rings, and I don't know the number. I just I pick it up. I just call at the local number. The guy says, uh, Mr. Monroe? I said, yeah. He said, that wreck y'all were in, uh, whatever it was, a few weeks ago, whatever. He said, we need to... We need to uh, close this out or whatever and if you'll come up here and sign these papers I've got a check for you on my desk I said a check for what I said we've already got the car fixed and everything he said well this is for pain and suffering this is just a check I just need you to come up here and sign this God said I'll provide God said God said you may not know where it's coming from but I'll provide because that's who my God is So, so, what it, so think back over your life of the miracles that God performed for you. Think back of all the times that God's healed you. Healed your son, healed your daughter, healed your wife, healed your husband. Took somebody out of a hospital, took somebody off a deathbed. All of a sudden, all of a sudden you got a check in the mail or a raise on your job that you wasn't expected. There's been a few times I've got bonuses on my job that come out of nowhere, but just in time. Just in time. Because <laughs> pastor can attest to this. I, it's, been a, it's been earlier this year, I was, uh, we were going through a few things or whatever, and I, I started fasting. I said, well, I'm just going to fast to get some answers. <laughs> I was four hours into a fast. I got a, my boss comes out into, in, into my uh, work area there in the shop where I work. He comes out and he says, hey, I just want to let you know, you're getting a $2,000 bonus this week on your check. Four hours into a fast. Thank my God don't know what you need when you need it. Because that's who he is. 
You can't come to me and tell me fasting and prayer don't work. Because that's a lie. So the question I want to ask you tonight, and I, I, I'm, I'm almost done. I, I'm winding down. I'm pretty much done. But I, I want you to think back over your life of all the miracles God's performed for you. What, 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 are you, what are you facing tonight? What are you facing in your life right now? Are you going to sit back and let the devil talk you out of whatever God's miracle is? Because if you're going through a trial and you're going through a test and you're going through something, always know that God is going to reward you on the other side of it. God is going to bring something good out of it, I promise you. So are you going to sit there and let end up walking around in the wilderness for 40 years? Are you going to back up and leave the land that God's promised you? Are you going to be like Paul and say, we may be in a prison right now. We may be in a prison right now. But there's a sun coming in the morning when we're not going to be here. There's a light coming in the morning when we're not going to be here. Because I'm walking out tonight, is what he said. And if you read that story, you know he didn't just walk out of the prison. No, sir. He saved the jailer and witnessed to him. And then took him to his house and saved the whole house. So in that situation, you've got to understand, God said, I know what I'm doing. I've got you here for a reason. Just keep on walking. Just keep on trudging. Just keep on going through it because there's going to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's what God's saying tonight. Just like it was said this morning. That's what I told Pastor in his office. I guess it's just Faith Sunday because faith is all you need to get out of that seat and walk to the altar. You need faith to get from the seat you're in to the altar that's right here. That's all you need is faith to get from there to here. Put faith in there. Mix faith in with that. And like he said, do some works. Get up and move your feet one foot in front of the other. Get to this altar and then lay whatever the problem is down right here. And when you do, God said, I'll abolish it. It'll be gone. And then when you do, I want you to turn around. I want you to be like Caleb. Give me my mountain because you promised it to me and I want it right now. That's what I want you to do right now. As we stand right now, as we stand, I want you to look back over your life and I want you to remember those miracles. And I want you to tell the devil that if my God brought me through then, he'll bring me through now. As these altars are open, as you come down, whatever it is, when you get to this altar and you lay it down, know that it's done. Know that it's over with and there's nothing else you have to worry about. Whatever it is in your life right now, know that God can take it. Take those past miracles and use them as strength to say, God, here it is. I don't want it no more. I want you to have the battle right now. That's it. Come on. That's it. Hallelujah, Jesus. We pray today that this word has blessed you, minister to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.